0: This is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. What up to you guys listeners? welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories where you get to hear individuals share their different experiences on this episode we have myself and adrian again on part two of our mini-series titled the penny where we talk about our experience as newlyweds check it out uh, good morning good afternoon and good evening welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories again this is part two of a little small series between me and my wife titled Mr. and Mrs. Pennywell. Ooh, ooh. Um again we've been married for <laughs> a little over 3 months. Um the one of the coolest things we experienced was going to uh, the courthouse um prior to the wedding cuz we had to get it done which was that Friday before the wedding. Was it Friday or Thursday?
1: It was I think it was fr-
0: Was it Wednesday? Friday.
1: It was, it was either, it was between Wednesday and Friday because COVID was happening and we didn't know what was going to go down. So we wanted to make sure we got that done immediately. Yeah. I think it was Wednesday or Thursday. It wasn't that, I don't think it was that close to the actual wedding day.
0: Yeah. Cause we were, yeah. Cause we were like, we got to get this done before Friday cause it might be closed. Yeah. Um, an interesting question on the actual <laughs> application um, was it asked us if we were related? <laughs> and I was like, "Are you? Wow, that's legit!" Like, and uh, I've I've been seeing stories where siblings getting are getting married.
1: Known like, siblings, like brother and sister yeah. siblings, like we got the same mama and daddy. Yep. Oh God, that's uh, okay. <laughs> I don't, I don't have words.
0: So, um, but. Just thinking about that, I I remember taking the picture and I was like, man, this is this is, it was it was fun, but I'm like, man, there's just so much going on right now. Yeah. And we didn't realize how bad it was going to get. Like, we were we were hearing about it because it was mid-March. Heard about it in February. Word and rumors started going around and a lot of people were like, man, this is just this and that. About COVID? Yeah. And they were like, this is just like the flu.
1: Yeah, people were in denial, man. I remember I work in the hospital, um, one of the hospitals here um, in the medical district of Augusta and the nurses on my unit, many of them, I I can't say all of them, but a lot of them were like, oh, this is just like the flu. It's not that serious. I'm still going to my kid's um, soccer game. They did not take it seriously. And it's funny to see some of those same nurses now, and they are um, very cautious, uh, cautious. precautious. It is mandated that all hospital employees wear masks. Um, So they're all wearing their masks. Some of them have brought some from home to wear within their unit. Um, And, you know, if there's even an inkling of a word, a possibility that you... Were are around somebody for a millisecond that had COVID or that might have COVID. Word spreads around the unit and everybody, like, doesn't hang around you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I thought this was just like the flu. So.
0: Mm. Now it's like, ex- well, well, it's like extreme cooties. Like, if you have it. like if you, <laughs> it, <be> in, <laughs> it is
1: like cooties.
0: If you're around somebody, they're like, no, you need to go home. You need to get tested. You'll
1: get your cootie shot, except
0: there's not a cootie shot. I don't know what, even as a child, I never knew what cooties, I I didn't know it was germs. I just thought it was, I thought it was something. It's the
1: first virus that every kid is ever exposed to. But what,
0: is it just germs (laughs) in general?
1: (laughs) Cooties is a, I don't know. It's, yeah, they're germs. They're, I guess for girls, they're boy germs. And for boys, maybe they're girl germs. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's they're germs that you can get rid of.
0: How? With the cootie taking shot? your
1: cootie shot. And if you don't take it appropriately, then it can return. And if you don't take it everywhere, then you may end up with cootie of the finger. <laughs> what? Circle, circle, square, square. Now I got it everywhere. We wouldn't say that if it wasn't serious. And then you can, you know, get rid of it, but it can still come back. So you have to circle, 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 knife, knife. Now I have it all my life.
0: That's something I'm serious. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this was a well thought out plan by children.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: Ah.
0: And to think that somewhere I'm I'm pretty certain as adults they were like oh you're the kid that had cooties. And the- <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're the kid that had cooties for like five years.
0: And you're like yeah I, I did and I, you know, I got married, had kids and my, my kids are cootie free, yeah. So,
1: yep. So, um, um these the, are real conversations that we have,
0: yes. And we've had, um, I think one day we were talking about, yeah, we were talking about the science of how <laughs> flatulence comes out of your butt cheeks. <laughs> like, we, we had a strong discussion, <laughs> and, I, and I was this firm. is not
1: a dignified um transaction between us not it usually it rarely ever is no so if you're sensitive (laughs) (laughs) but yes we were discussing how it happens and whether it is a if it comes out like a like a like an arrow and it's and it comes out straight or whether it fumigates from the area of departure and we have not settled that discussion yet
0: but I did find a video of
1: No, that's a made up video. <laughs> Can we get to these questions?
0: Okay. Um, one question that I did want to ask, um, and I'll answer it as well, but I wanted to ask um, Adrian. Did you or did you not enjoy your singlehood? Why or why not?
1: Yeah. Um, well, I want to start by saying I wasn't single for like you know before I I married you. It wasn't like I was single just for like 10 years, you know, like most of us are <laughs> you know, if we're getting married for the first time for all intents and spiritual purposes, we are single for the entirety of our lives. So I was single for 30 something years. Of course, you know, I was an infant for some of those obviously, but mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I did. When I, um, entered my 20s, um, I entered in a particular type of, um, you know, I would just come out of a certain relationship. Um, it was an abusive relationship. So after that, I did a lot of soul searching and, and trying to find out who I was, who I am as a person, um, found that out, found Christ, got to know him, um, and made a vow to be celibate until I got married. Um, I definitely stumbled um, on that promise a couple of times, but um, I I wanted to I wanted to enjoy being single because I looked forward to my future, and I was like, one day I'm going to be someone's wife, and one day I'm going to be someone's mom, and I. Don't want to miss out on myself by hoping to just hurry up and get married. I didn't mm-hmm. want that to be the case. So um, I I did a lot of things that I knew I wouldn't be able to really do here at this point in my life. Like um, if I didn't want to cook something, I just didn't cook it. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to eat ramen noodles for dinner. That's all I did. If I wanted to take myself to the movies um, or if I wanted to hang out. Legitimately all night with my friends I did that Um, If I didn't feel like doing laundry I didn't do it It was the Adrian show For a while
0: Yo thank you for listening so far Keep tuning in as we take a quick break And be right back Yo, with all this going on, I know that's a lot of news hitting our televisions, our cell phones, our devices. One thing that we must keep in mind is that we need to check our sources. So much is going on, and a lot of us take Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as law. But unless we take the time to look up the information, we will never know exactly what's factual. Just keep that in mind. And now back to the episode.
1: And I was still looking for this person, but, you know, he wasn't going to be able to get into that space unless I felt like this was it. So, you know, I had I dated a guy who, um, you know, I told, oh, you know, now that I'm out of college, I I want to, you know, get a puppy. And he was like, Well, you didn't consult me. And I was like, Do I need to? <laughs> you know, because this I the concept of marriage wasn't on the table yet. We weren't, we weren't talking about marrying each other. We both wanted to get married, but it wasn't necessarily about him yet. So I was like, mm, this is definitely still the Adrian show in my house, in this inner circle of my life. It it there's only one person in here besides the Lord. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. Um, I did, I didn't do anything irresponsible, um, certainly nothing illegal, but I just, I prioritized what would make me happy
0: Yeah.
1: and I did what made me happy. And the things that, the things that some people, I thought in my head, like, oh, somebody would probably think this is stupid. Um, like I made a promise to myself one year that when it, um, when the summer rains came, that I would go outside and just enjoy being in the rain and being drenched and um, enjoying the feeling, the sensation. And that's what I wanted to do, and that's what the heck I did. (laughs) And it was something so minuscule, but that was a really big thing for me. Um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed this one plant, this one hanging plant I had in my apartment It was there for a very long time. And I was just proud that I could make it grow. (laughs) And it had these pretty little flowers on it. Or um, that I could get up and walk to the corner store. Anything that made me happy. I focused on being happy and pleasing myself. Instead of waiting for somebody else to please me. Yeah. So.
0: I remember um, for me, which is weird, for a long time... (laughs) I thought being single meant that you had no one mm. I, what do you mean? like you were no one there were no potential um suitors, you weren't dating you didn't you probably didn't have friends like you were just by yourself. That's what I thought single meant. Mm. I didn't know single meant you're not fully devoted and you're not getting married mm. because that's
1: our, interesting is that is that a a concept that a lot of men? Or a lot of young men may have thought, like, where did that come from? Because women, I don't think we think that, unless I'm wrong. I didn't think that. Um, I don't think a lot of my friends thought that.
0: I don't know, because for us, I think for, hmm, I think it's a lot more fluidity when it comes to men, because most of us we use tech, like technicality, like everybody uses technicality, but I don't, I really don't know. Because um, I never, ex- I guess that's the thing. I never really experienced singlehood. Okay. Because I was always with someone with the intent of having a relationship. And I never took the time for myself hmm. to enjoy my own like life for myself. I always thought that I needed somebody to be in the picture.
1: Do you feel like you missed something?
0: Personally, now for a moment, I did. Mm-hmm. I'm going be, be brutally honest.
1: That's right. what we're here for.
0: When I, <laughs> when I was in college, all the guys around me were sexually active.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Not just for one person, but several partners. And I'm thinking, you know, college is the place where a man is supposed let it fly. to just, just let it with no regrets. Whatever happens, happens. And then you finally meet that one and it's like, all that's in void. Mm. But I couldn't do it because of one, what mom was teaching us.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I still valued marriage because that was that was my ultimate objective, is to find someone whom I can marry. So the concept of just sleeping with anyone, I was like, I can't do it. Because if we're if we having sex, that means we're getting married. That means you're going There's gonna, a commitment. Yes. And so for
1: you, you were taught to look forward to marriage. Is no. that what I'm understanding?
0: And it was more of a, more of a responsibility than a um, privilege. Like it was, cause when you get married, a lot of people, we, most of us, I don't know about everyone else. Most of us were taught, like when you get married, certain things just go out of the window
1: mm-hmm. and you're just
0: stuck with what you have. You, get uh, locked into this mundane ritual and you just stuck with this one person for the rest That's, of your life that is
1: what's portrayed
0: so when that and when that happened I just
1: nobody makes marriage look fun
0: no they don't <laughs> and you know the people that did well which is art which is in question right now the thing people that did was uh, Jada and Will Smith mm. like that was the couple like man even together forever they always smiling and everything's fine and, like, right now, their relationship is up in the air because there was a potential um, August Astina. I think that's his name. Astina. Hmm. He, uh, he admitted to, if people that's listening, this is no, this isn't news. Like, this has been trending for the last week. He admitted to possibly having a relationship with Jada and apparently received a blessing from Will Smith. So. Wow. Wow. Um, like it's just is crazy, and I'm thinking that they had the perfect marriage, and then within this marriage, you can do whatever you want, you get to have a boundless amount of fun, and you're just so strong that nothing can penetrate what you all have mm. but as far as like a personal example i you know we we didn't have that. Right, which is what shocked me because I'm like the you know you would think we would just be completely against it, but like I told you not to everybody else, I've been wanting to be a husband since I was a teenager. Yeah, because I just realized how beneficial it would have been to have both parents in the house, not just financially, but for support for the spouse. And. And, um, just to be there for each other, and to be able to yeah. see um happiness within that avenue for the parents
1: I think <laughs> I think marriage was always a, like a bit of a selfish reason for me I wasn't really i i I didn't think about that when I was wanting as a kid wanting to get married when I got older, I developed that, but when I was younger, I was just you know, always a hopeless romantic who wanted to, I'm, I'm a loyalist um, in all of my relationships and my friendships, um, you know, relationships with, um, you know, my romantic partners and, and, you know, and that's you now, my one and only. Um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: And I don't know, I just, I've always wanted to be involved with one person. And I've always wanted to give myself to one person. Um, trying to split the pie sounds exhausting. And, um, I've seen people, you know, I've seen women do that and it's exhausting. It's exhausting to split it two ways or to, I don't, I don't know. I don't have the skills to juggle that kind of thing. So I just never wanted, I didn't want that. Mm -hmm. So, but, um, yeah, you are currently, um, I, I didn't get a chance to welcome you guys back. You are still in the comfort of the pennywell home um and if i can lay the the uh the setting for you we are at our kitchen uh table um i've got my coffee and um our cat is um, hanging around our feet so um um
0: speaking of pets just got a news update That says a dog in Georgia is believed to have been the second canine in the U.S. to test positive for the wow. Hmm. Um, a six year old mixed breed. Hmm. I was like, dang, wow. So, I want y'all to hear that. That is our washer. <laughs> so, when we look back at this point in our lives as a couple. We're gonna remember that loud washer that was gifted to us. And yo, we are not complaining, but (laughs) when we look back, Adrian and I are gonna laugh at the small apartment we have, the loud washer, Um, but the luxury of having something that is our own. So we will continue to listen to the second half of the Pennywells with myself and Adrian Pennywell. And this was one of the questions. I know it was a sidetrack, but this is one of the questions when the onset of the virus was, can pets get can it? Can
1: pets get it? I wonder if it's the same strain, though. But
0: hmm.
1: I don't uh, know. That's that's an interesting question. But anyway,
0: um, I guess we'll go to next one uh, next to the last questions which is any what are do we have any expectations for the future like this this our wedding our marriage is still early but um what are your ex what um because the one thing that i noticed we went through which everybody suggested was go through premarital counseling Oh, and um <laughs> that was in the midst it was very interesting but to be honest with what we were told in relation to our reality. Almost completely different.
1: I felt like. Um, I wanted to go through premarital counseling. So that you know we could face the demons so to speak. I thought we were going to. I expected us to to have to address hard things. Yeah. But. um I felt like the counseling that we went through was was semi-beneficial, but it wasn't as eye-opening as I thought it would be. Um, I thought that we were going to have to finally dig up those deep, dark secrets that, excuse me, that we're both, you know, hiding or that we were going to have to talk about um. I don't know sexual desires or something or um about in-laws and I, I, I don't know what I thought but I just thought it was gonna be more intensive mm-hmm. than it was and it could have been that the the kind of counseling we, we chose to undergo which was Christian
0: yeah.
1: premarital counseling maybe that had something to do with it it was spiritually based and it was you know still again beneficial but I thought it was going to be more intensive, um, but it did force us to think about money matters. Yeah. And it did help us to think about unspoken expectations that we had of each other that I don't even think we realized. Like, oh, I'm just expecting him to be the one that does all the lawn care. And it's not something I ever consciously knew I thought or that you were going to be the one to take care of all the automotive issues or whatever. I, I I, didn't think about that. Or that, you know, maybe I would be the one to do all the cooking. It's not a thing that I thought about. And and I guess it's because it wasn't like a, a checklist that I said, I'm going to be this. I'm going to be that. He's going to be this. And he's going to be that. I guess it was just like, I'm so used to cooking all the time because of my health condition as a type 1 diabetic that I just kind of took it on, you know, or that, you know, at one point you apologized for not helping to initiate laundry. And I was like, I didn't really feel like you had to. I just, you have more clothes than I do. So by the time I get down to almost nothing, you still have plenty of clothing left over. So that makes me have to do laundry. It wasn't like a, well, I just wish you would help. It, it, It wasn't any of that. It just kind of, you know. But anyway, um,
0: does that does that play into what you were taught as a kid or even coming up? Is that what your mom taught you? Like, because um, did your mom teach you the concept of independence? Yes. And did she ever say, oh, this is something that you might have to do for your husband? No, I'm like, oh.
1: no, no. She never mentioned marriage as. A strong possibility it was just always like oh if it happens it happens but nothing she taught us was centered around wifehood it wasn't centered around being a spouse it was centered around self-sufficiency everything she taught us was about how to be self-sufficient because you may not that was her verbiage so the the idea that marriage could happen was there but it was always on the just in case let me show you how to do it you know how to do life without a husband so Um, you know, she taught us that we had to do our own laundry, that we had to cook for ourselves. We needed to learn how to do our own hair. And, um, for me, I needed to learn how to do my own shots and all that stuff. I had to learn how to do everything and be self-sufficient. So by the time my sisters and I had come into our own teenagehood, we were, we were, we were doing all those things by ourselves. Mom didn't really cook. Um... I don't know exactly what the reasons were. I can speculate strongly, you know, like, oh, she didn't want to have to feed four appetites, four different taste buds, or Mm. she didn't have the energy, um, I don't know, anything. You know, a lot of good reasons why she may not have wanted to, but we were not groomed to be wives. Mm. Um, And I don't want to say like, I don't want to say that like it's a bad thing, um, because I think that. You know, it's something I may want to teach, you know, our daughter, if we have a kid, you know, if we have a girl, um, is that there is a possibility you may get married and there's one that you may not, but these are skills that you're going to need regardless of how this turns out. Um, if you're a wife, you're going to have to learn some coping skills and some, uh, negotiating, you're going to have to compromise. Compromise is not bad. Yeah, it's not people use that it like it's a card sword, and it's just not bad. I mean, both people, <laughs> both people get to be happy and you get what you want. Yeah, You may not get all of what you want, but anyway, so I digress. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, we weren't really taught about the possibility of being a wife. So
0: I know um, they expect. Well, I know it's for me. Mom told me several times. She said, CJ, you're going to one day you're going to be somebody's husband. and You're going to be <laughs> mm-hmm. somebody's father. And she was just reminding me of how important that responsibility was. Yeah. Um, Especially considering my circumstance as her son. Um, But she was basically reminding me that if you don't. If you promise to adhere to these responsibilities and you don't fulfill them. Something like what you went through could happen. Mm. And that's the way I took it. She didn't. That wasn't her verbiage. But it was, I was just, that's how I was like, okay, I get it. I get it. And especially the older I got. Because I was making, as we do, making a lot of bad decisions. Um, But it didn't dawn on me until I got to my mid-20s. Where I was like, the decisions that you make affects everyone mm-hmm. involved. And I you don't mind hurting yourself, just like any addict. You don't mind hurting yourself that's that's normal for you but when you get and walk into a room and you see everybody circling you with letters and sniffling and you're like dang this is an intervention because you have to receive Mm -hmm. um the hurt and the pain that you reflected upon other people you have to hear it and that hurts that's that it's like um you shooting bullets but you didn't mean for your target to be somebody in a completely different area, especially they didn't even ask for it. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I I would say that my personal expectations for the future, based off what we've already been through just in the last three months, is that if this is the way it is now, and that was rough, who's to say how, how um, even more challenging things will be like we have no idea mm-hmm. what's going to happen in the future and to the average person that's scary that's very scary but one thing that does play a major role in our relationship is our relationship with God and the ability to know that if God can get us through this point in the past he can get us through where we are now and if he can get us through where we are now he can get us through where we want to be or even plan to be in the future.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I want to put a very quick pin there so that we can continue answering this question. But, um, I think this, this is not widely known about us. Um, but I want to say a couple weeks before you proposed, we had one of those moments. Um, there were, there was some Dishonesty. I don't want to say like cheating because that's not quite it, but there was some, there was a huge bit of dishonesty on your part. Mm-hmm. And um, like multiple people were involved. And I got a message from someone, and the person was.
0: Yo, really quickly, when you get the opportunity and you're interested in my content, uh, go to youtube.com, look up Calvin Pennywell. There you'll find my music, everything pertaining to the podcast, and even some poetry. So check it out when you get the opportunity. And now, back to the episode.
1: I don't know if she was trying to warn me or if she was just trying to throw you under the bus. But once all of that happened, I had a very critical decision to make and it's a decision that i think either way would have been honorable you know it's understood why somebody would have chosen chosen to end our relationship you know or or to continue it and when i looked at you and i knew i knew that there were some underlying issues that were going on with you regarding your dishonesty and the people that were involved, and many may not have even realized, you know, like it it was, I, I think it was a bit of conversation. So I can't even say it was cheating. I think it was a conversation. And when that happened, I was looking not at just the action. I was looking at from where it came. Where did this really come from? And what made you do this? I had, to, I had to take time to think about that. I was in my feelings, but I was trying to take myself out of those feelings and decide whether or not you were worth going on with. And when I looked at who I knew you were, that you've always been, and when I looked at the things that were going on underneath the surface that I don't even know if you'd realized was going on, I was like, this isn't, this is, this is, this is like a pimple. It's it's something that was culminating under the surface of him, of his heart. And it was unresolved. And here is what happened. So I guess maybe I want to kind of put a pin there to say that when you have unresolved issues, they will come up in a relationship. And that's what happened. And I chose to keep going with you because I knew what was going on with you and I wasn't sure if you knew, but eventually it led to, I, I don't know if you can say this, but I felt like it led to a bit of freedom for you. Um, it, it was, I, I don't think you expected what I gave you, which was forgiveness. I, for, I just, I was like, no, I, I know you. I know you. This is not the behavior that I know for you to perpetuate. It was like a, it, this was an occasion. This was a, this happened one time and that was it. And I was like, no, nah, something else is going on. And I I, I can't, I can't, I didn't want to judge you that way because God didn't judge me that way. So, um. I just wanted to take a moment of honest transparency because I don't want to play our marriage from the outside like we just, you know, like it just fit. It was just so natural and we had everything together and you know, the red carpet was rolled out for us from the day of, you know, relationship conception, all the way through marriage, through, you know, jump in the broom. It it wasn't. It wasn't like that. Yeah. And so, um I don't know. My expectations for the future. um, I'm looking forward to us continuing to grow individually because of it. Because we are together. Mm -hmm. And what I have learned about all, you know, like friendships and intimate relationships and all those things is when you enter into a relationship with a person, whether you intend to or not. What you're saying is, I will forgive you eternally because the moment that I stop forgiving you is when our relationship will begin to deteriorate. And if we have a good thing going on as friends, as as um, husband and wife, as sisters, whatever it is, the moment I stop forgiving you is when I start to close my heart to you. and And that's when I begin to... Not just prioritize myself. The, the relationship just can't, can't survive unforgiveness. Mm. Um, you can stay friends with a person or stay married to a person. You can stay sisters with a person. But you can't move beyond that. Um, that just mere existence. So I, I anticipate us growing from this process. I mean, I know that there will be things that you're going to have to forgive me for. I don't know what those things are going to be, but if you want to continue to have this all access to my heart and mine to yours, we're going to have to keep forgiving each other. And I think it will because both of us are believers and have received Jesus Christ. I think that it'll reflect on our relationship with him. Because when I did forgive you for your dishonesty, um, and I want to point out that the dishonesty wasn't that he flat out lied. It was that he just didn't come. He wasn't forthcoming. And true honesty is when you are forthcoming with the truth, meaning you bring it to be presented to somebody in order to be 100% true. And that was where you fell. I didn't know that something was going on, so therefore I couldn't ask. So no, you didn't. You didn't make up an excuse or or lie to me in that way. But it was a dishonesty, and um. We survived that, and there are many. I'm sure there are worse things that have happened to married couples, you know, or to couples in general. Period. Mm-hmm. Let's not even talk about marriage. Just couples in general. But coming, being forthcoming and. Growing from that point is, is the, the reason why people are able to stay together. And it reflects on the relationship that you have with God, that God continues to, to forgive me for the things that I do wrong. Even if it's something that I, I know I do and I struggle with, there's, that's what forgiveness is for. Um, so um, that is something that I... Expect in the futures for us to, you know, grow as a result of making the promise to forgive one another. And it'll be hard, but I think that's worth it.
0: Um, what I do is go back to, and the uh, reference to, um, the deceitfulness on my part. I would mm. like to highlight as a man, um the magnitude of that because a lot of us underestimate how impactful it is, especially towards the people we love. Um, I not sure if I told you this, I took the time to write an email as an apology to mm. the individual and never received anything back. Mm. Um, but at the, wow. I had to accept yeah the reality that they probably think I didn't deserve. Yeah. And I had to deal with that. Like that was a reality, CJ, you have to accept that to them, you don't deserve it. So maybe at the end, beginning of last week, I copied and pasted that exact email and I put it in my blog and left out names. And I said, this was my way of apologizing. But at the bottom I said, no matter what I say, it does not justify me doing it. Wow. It was completely wrong. Yeah. So that was my way of reminding men and women that yeah. you should not be subject to somebody else's mess or selfishness Absolutely. and unkindness and, and dishonor. You should not be subject to that. So I was basically, instead of playing victim, um, playing the person that was doing the vandalizing so fast forward to maybe i think it was last year remember we had the issue we had to talk in a walmart parking lot about money and i (laughs) had to (laughs) yes
1: oh my god
0: so i had to confess to um where my money was going in reference to us and the beautiful thing about that situation is that if it wasn't for I believe if it wasn't for that um, um, experience we had concerning what I did, you wouldn't have been able to go straight in and say, I think you're depressed. And I'm Mm. sitting there like, huh? I think you're depressed.
1: Because of it was evident to me because of the poor spending habits that you had. It wasn't a lack of following your money it was that you took and i want to say this as you know in relation to the person not the actual dollar amount the dollar amount doesn't matter but you were taking large amounts of money and putting it into things that were a bit frivolous and you were justifying them
0: Mm.
1: and when i looked at your habits And when I was observing your attitude outside of the money, like coming home and hearing the conversations you two were consistently saying, like you were telling me things about how you felt about work and how you felt about um, the point that you were in your life and how you felt like you had nothing for yourself. I was like, I think this is bigger than the amount of money that you spent. I think it's bigger than how you spent it, what you bought. It wasn't about what you bought but I was taking I had to step out of my feelings in order to do that you know cuz like I was mad I was like where's this money going it's not like we're rich yeah. you know <laughs> but I had to I was observing you and I was like okay what's really going on something else is going on here and that's what it was and and I don't think that you'd even realized what you were doing and maybe, that, maybe that's, you know, the gift in our relationship is I was, I, I tried to look objectively and to see what's on the table, not from my, yeah, well, I guess from my angle, because literally right now we're sitting at two ends of the table and I'm seeing different things. I see your, you know, I see everything that you've got in front of you, but I can't see what you're looking at. Mm-hmm. So my job wasn't to say what you're looking at is hurting you. I guess it was just to say, look, I'm, the reason why you feel like you don't have anywhere for your elbows to put on to, to sit on the table is because you've got this next to you and you've got cables over here and you've got a candle right there, you've got your phone over here, you've got a cup of coffee on that side. Where are you supposed to put your your elbows? Doesn't say your ankles. <laughs> Where are you supposed to put your elbows? And after that, I guess maybe the revelation was on you. And that was what I did, I think. Yeah. Let's just point out. You know, that you something else is going on. And I always want to look beyond what is being presented to me, what I can see with my own eyes and here. What 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 is it? What else is going on? Is this a trend? Damn and it. I guess that's, you know, how I, I, I guess I don't know if anybody else's marriages work like that, but <laughs> <laughs> that's how ours works.
0: And, um, and that's one thing that we're also learning is we're becoming more and more in tune with how we operate um, and how to address each other. Mm-hmm. Because I'll say this before we answer this one last question um, due to the limited amount of time. Um, yesterday I was about to make a very bad decision. Um, I was about to call someone <laughs> and just let them have it. Like I was... My intent was to hurt their feelings like i I wanted to I wanted to take my silencer off and just go rapid fire and replace the magazines as much as I could and not worry about any casualty like i was I was ready um because this person and I have it just the conversation prior to it just didn't go, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to let this person have it and she literally asked me. I want you to really think about why you're doing this, because if you do this and expecting something different, you're going to be hurt and you're going to be upset. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to tell you not to do this, but I will tell you, just remember when you do this, this is on the other side of it. And I was like. Like it literally, literally, literally disarmed me (laughs) and I thought about it and I was like, do you really want to do you really wanna go at this person? Do you really wanna fuel the fire? Do you really yeah. wanna do that? And that causes that caused me to move my feelings out of the way and get to the root of it. And mm-hmm. I was like, no, this isn't what I want. And the funny thing is, I had a dream about, like I told I had a dream about this, um, the relationship with this individual. And in the dream I was crying because I thought the relationship was gone. Mm. And that's when I knew how much it meant to me. Mm. Um, So um, I will say that the beautiful thing about going through struggles is that we go through them together and that we're constantly telling each other, I'm on your side.
1: Absolutely. And I I told you that I I said, I don't I I get tired of seeing you upset or mad or angry or hurt because of you know, this relationship. I get tired of seeing that. And it isn't my job to protect you from a lesson, but I can certainly help you from a misstep. And I could see that you wanted to call and I think that you thought initially that you wanted to listen, but, I, but you were like, no, this needs to be resolved this needs to happen now. And I, I thought, well, I thought, I thought this was going to happen later. <laughs> <laughs> you said you were going to do this later. So um, when you came out, you were on fire and your face was contorted. And I was like, no, this isn't going to go well. Okay. So what do I say to make him realize what he really wants out of this? I, I wasn't trying to convince you not to do it. I just wanted you to know what you were really doing before you picked up that phone to really know so that you could be aware of yourself and also be ready for what you knew would have come out of that rela- that, that conversation. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was that was my intention.
0: And uh, like I told you, I, I needed that. And that's one thing I'm learning. The older I get, when something comes my way that I don't like, if I take away my feelings and look at it for what it is, I'm able to say, you need this. So just embrace it. Yeah. Um, But the last question is um, What is it about marriage that you've learned just in the last three months that you didn't know before? Probably didn't know before.
1: Well, um, I want to make a point about the last question, and it's going to be quick. I look forward, my expectations for the future are to be a mom. I've waited that I've waited for that for years decades I've waited um so I'm looking forward to being a mom and I'm not ashamed to say that out loud anymore a lot of women are who are not married or who are married um but I'm I'm looking forward to that mm-hmm. and I'm looking forward to traveling with you it's not a bucket list it is a life agenda to travel and see lots of things um but as far as Your actual question about you said about what ha, what's gone on in the, the last three months
0: yeah that you've learned about marriage that you didn't you weren't aware of before
1: when you marry the person you're attaching to the family yeah. I think I knew that, but I didn't really know that's like you know that you're going to drive but you don't really know how. You know, you put your foot on the gas and your hands on the steering wheel, but you, don't, you really don't know how it works until you get in there. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. and, and then you, you become a particular kind of driver. But when you marry the person, you, you attach to the family. You become part of the family. And I, I, I think that that's been a hard process, you know, to um, attach. It's hard to attach to someone or people that you, you've never really known before, um, no matter who you are you're attaching to brand new individuals and it could be an easy process or it can be difficult. Yeah. Um, I guess that kind of leads into that. It's, it's, it's okay that you have in hardships with your in-laws and a lot of the couples that I know have some issues one way or another. And that's really because, you know, I mean, we have issues with our own families, like our siblings, you know, none of us are super close besties with like four other um, uh, siblings that we have, you know, like you might have a closer relationship with one or two. But I mean, if you've got a large family, there are chances that you and one or two of their other individuals are going to just clash because you have very different personalities. And that's just the person that you are. And it's who they are. Yeah. So I think that it is inevitable to have some hardships with your in-laws.
0: And I think I sort of experienced the same thing. Um, Like you, what I've learned to sum it up is basically when something happens, it happens. And then I'm like, something like this might happen again. We're going to mm-hmm. have to go through this again.
1: Mm-hmm. It's again. not a one and done.
0: No, like, <laughs> man. Like when we first moved in, that was probably the roughest few months ever. And we were both getting impatient, getting frustrated. And we we're like, man, I'm tired of this. And it sort of eased out once the wedding came around. And but still things are happening and the beautiful thing that I think our friends for is um, being willing to share their wisdom and to remind us mm-hmm. it's okay. It's um, you're gonna probably experience this more, but you have us. But you, it's um, things might. It's there's no there's there's not the idea that it might happen. It will. It's <laughs> going to. Things are going to happen they're going to happen and we have a variety of friends with so many different experiences that allows us to see things from a different angle mm-hmm. and but they've been very generous with um, their you know their wisdom and their perspectives and a very been very forthcoming about what they went through the yeah. level of transparency um, what's the name of the thing we had with them Impartation.
1: We we it is not a it is not a thing that people do.
0: Yeah. it
1: was just something that was done for a couple that we know, and we wanted to have what we called a night of impartation. It was just um, a, a, an invitation to you know some handpicked couples that we trusted, um, or that were trusted by the couples that we trusted mm-hmm. to come on this particular night and say all of the things that they would have wanted to say um, to whomever, to themselves if they were younger, when they first got married or whatever. But it was just a night of impartation for them to say what they wanted to say and for us to actively listen. Um, because, you know, when you're engaged, I mean, everybody just kind of seems to want to give advice. And, and then everybody, not everybody does. Mm. Um, a lot of people want to give advice. But these were couples that we actually did want to hear from.
0: Yeah. And then um, it helped. It helped a lot. So um but that concludes uh this small series just a two-part um of um us basically expressing our experience um, from the onset of our relationship into now which is three months and some change um i would say that it has been very interesting um and so ironic that our marriage started with the coronavirus because <laughs> it just it caused us to view our marriage differently and that's the thing. We didn't it even really go on did. our honeymoon. We, we couldn't We didn't. So we were literally stuck with each other.
1: And <laughs> and not exactly the most romantic place. We were just at home. Yeah. It was not the dream. It wasn't it wasn't like I was totally devastated per se. But man, it just you know, that wasn't the dream. Nobody <laughs> dreams of getting married you know and it being huge and beautiful and then you just go home
0: yeah <laughs> so, so uh, but it did allow us to confront um some internal issues that we were having
1: yeah. caused
0: us to look into the mirror and dig for those um for those those bones mm-hmm. and like man i didn't want to face this but we we but the beautiful thing is we faced them together we face them together. yeah
1: and i think it's because we have a marriage a, a, no we have a relationship that was built on and started off on friendship yeah and i guess we can close with this i I've, i'm not mm-hmm. the host so um but you know i think it's luke 15 i think it's either verse 13 or 15 that says this but um it's it's in reference to jesus um greater love has no man than this, that he would lay his life down for his friends. And if a friend would literally lay his life down for you or her life down for you, um, not just physically, but would put you before themselves, that they would take up your issues before them, before their own issues, then that's the kind of relationship I want to base things on. I, I, I want to base my marriage and my motherhood and my actual friendships on a friendship that puts people first.
0: Yeah. Um, to piggyback on that, I know we run out of time, but the one thing that really hammered in marriage for me, and this was before we got married, was helping you doing your latest surgery. Oh, I
1: had shoulder surgery. I had adhesive capsulitis, which is frozen shoulder, Mm -hmm. limited range of motion. And the doctor went into my shoulder to tear up the scar tissue so I could move again.
0: And that was the most vulnerable state that I've ever seen her in. But I said, be completely attentive because you have no idea what's going to happen. But just make sure she knows that you're there no matter what it takes. And you
1: really did.
0: And I almost started crying during that because I was like, I really love this woman because <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. So I was like, this. I know some more things are going to happen where she doesn't have control over and she's going to need me to step in mm-hmm. and vice versa. But that was a great example of because there have been moments and men and women will have these moments where we look at each other or we look at someone. And it's like, yo, I'm ready. Mm. I'm ready. And I was saying that just more and more. And the closer we got to the wedding, I wasn't getting scared. I was like, I'm, I'm ready. Mm. And that wasn't something that I had to second guess. Yeah. So, um, but for those of you who are listening, thank you for listening so far. This is the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories. This is the second and final um, rendition of Mr. and Mrs. Pennywell. Yo, thank you for listening. Tune in next time for the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories.